Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Matt, what is it we do here on Finest Work Songs? On Finest Work Songs, we just love to talk about classic albums, and that might be an album that's universally accepted as such, or it might be something that is nostalgic to both of us or one of us, really just a a way to to get into some details and some background on some classic albums. We have a great time with the fans. Actually, speaking of fans, Matt, we're getting ready to wrap up season seven. So what does that mean for the fans? The Listener's Choice Epipod is coming up. Check our uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for more to come on how you can participate in this year's Listener's Choice. We've We've had some great engagement over the past seasons with fan art, opportunities for the fans to submit reviews about us and the prize for the fan is really the opportunity to suggest that album that they would like that you would like for us to to talk about to end the season with so speaking of fans we're blessed with such good listeners the finest work fans you know they're so engaged like like i said on social media with us sometimes they also will send us emails and these emails really get into some deep subjects a lot of times it's questions of the heart things that maybe our fans are struggling with or maybe it's just something always been on their mind they really want to ask us so occasionally we'll read them and respond to them in a little section we call Kenny Gmail. So this Kenny Gmail asks, has anyone shopped at Dixie's Vapor Shop vape store located in 435 Miamisburg Centerville Road? So we get a lot of these. (laughs) Yeah, it's a huge vaping community, our fan base. Here's what I'm curious about. They clearly can use the internet, but... (laughs) <laughs> they don't know how to use Google. Like, when's the last time you're like, man, I need directions somewhere. I'm going to go to this, like, slightly regional podcast and slightly, see if they know. Regional. Yeah, It's no rush. It's no rush, you know. It yeah. might take a few weeks. I might add, this Kenny Gmail, I believe, came in uh, February of this year. So. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, so I hope they haven't been waiting all this time. Well, they have, and the answer is Google it. <laughs> yeah. It might not even be open anymore. Yeah, those vape stores, man, they come and go. Fly by night. (laughs) They're like the Halloween stores every year. What if there was like a vaping season when school (laughs) opened up? Just like Halloween or Christmas stores, like all these vape stores pop up everywhere. Like just right across the street from high schools. I'm starting a vape truck instead of a food truck. Who wants some pineapple delight? Who wants some raspberry jubilee? We always do appreciate the emails that come in to Finest Work Songs. You can email us at our Gmail account, finestworksongs at gmail.com. We love engaging with you, the listeners, and keep those emails coming. Who knows? Maybe we'll read one of yours in a future Kenny Gmail segment. I'm super excited today. We've had a lonely season, man. Just you it has, man. You've just been stuck with me all this season. <laughs> the listeners obviously have heard about it in you know, the last episode of Talking Shit About Matt, <laughs> my other podcast where... You know, vent. Just kidding. We are excited to have a guest with us today. We have done remote one time before, but it was a little bit duct taped together. And now we found this fancy online software that we're giving a try. This means, Matt, that we can record from anywhere. We're going global, people. So get ready. We're going to have people from all over the world. And we're kicking that off today with a friend coming all the way from Williamsburg, Virginia. Same time zone. About three hours north. (laughs) (laughs) Today, Matt, we've got Kristen King with us. Yes. Kristen, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Matt, as you know, this is a guest Mm. that I've wanted to have on since we started. Yes. Because Kristen is a dear old friend all the way back from the JMU days. 
Kristen nice. is an avid music fan, huge REM fan. All right. That's right. Kristen, what album is it that you've chosen to review today? We are doing Pedestrian Verse. to catch up on the Taylor Swift ticket debacle. Oh my gosh. What was your experience like? Was it hell on earth? (laughs) (laughs) It was. I even canceled a doctor's appointment and said something came up. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, (laughs) as I was holding in the queue. That's amazing. What was it? Five, five and a half hours of sweat. Yeah. And wondering if I was going to get kicked off. And my daughter texting me like, Thanks for your dedication, Mom. Oh, that's good. My daughter was texting me instructions, and I had to go, hey, I've done this before. Like, I do know. But, you know, parents of technology, you can't trust them. I've definitely dropped the ball technologically more than I haven't, so it was fair. Well, I had a horror story, and this is a few years ago. Former guests Jeff Wood and Steven Schindler and I were going to go see Radiohead in Atlanta. And as I've shared on our Radiohead epipods before, There was one time I was going to see them. It was in Manassas, Virginia at this battlefield in 2001. Show got canceled day before. So I'd never seen one of my favorite bands. I got on Ticketmaster. I'm doing everything I can. I get in and I see the tickets and they're more than we agreed on. The price is more. And so then I texted the guys and then I didn't hear back. And finally, I was like, I got to get the tickets. And I clicked and it was like, they're gone. And all the tickets (gasps) are gone. And you're not going to see Radiohead. I told him, see, I was like, I'm not even asking you anything i'm just buying tickets no matter what i learned the hard way so that she didn't have to it's a dad move right there transfer food hall is near where matt and i live it's a great place with an incredible bagel shop with amazing coffee and so it's a great Mm. place to work i was there and thought yeah I'll, i'll just log on And after that, I'll go home for my afternoon Zoom calls at my new job that I've been at less than two weeks. (laughs) And so I had to get on all these Zoom calls and say, I'm sorry, I can't turn my phone on. And I'm going to be muted most of the time because I'm in a freaking food hall at lunchtime by the time these Zoom calls come around. (laughs) I'm stuck because of Taylor Swift. I was there all day. Did y'all have successful outings though? Did you get tickets? Mine are like nosebleeds, but I just was like, I'm clicking whatever I can get. That's mm-hmm. where I was. I'm just taking what I can get. So Same. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not even going, man. You're not? No, Kristen's taking her. Girls trip. That's what we're doing, too. Yeah. So we so much screaming at that concert. I thought it's, about that. Like, do I need protective ear whatevers? Phoebe is the opener, right? Yeah. That's one reason I chose that show. So that's yeah. really exciting. And it's and Leah and Lydia and Haley are going with us, too. Oh, that's going to be Isn't that great. fun? We had like a Survivor Alliance for tickets where we mm-hmm. had like all of us registered for the codes. And then yep. we just said, whoever gets it, you're getting six tickets and we're all looking yeah. out for each other. You know? <laughs> that's the way to do it. So. Let's get into the music. Okay. We're going to kick it off with track two, Backyard Skulls. Underneath paving stone 
Kristen, what is your memory of Frightened Rabbit? I came a little late to the Frightened Rabbit game. I didn't find them until the winter of mixed drinks. And the very first moment I heard that album, I just felt a connection to the authenticity of their music and the lyrics. And mm. I just sensed them. I like could not stop. I have a huge emotional connection to Frightened Rabbit. They got me through like some of the darkest days and also have some of the songs that I just love screaming out because I just, they're just so amazing. So it's both. Lots of highs and lows mm. with Frightened Rabbit. It's a band of deep connection, that's for sure. It really is. I don't think you can be a true fan of theirs whoops, without being someone who cares about really great lyrics, first of all, which for me is mm. like one of my things that really attracts me to music. Oh, yeah. We've got two English majors here. Oh, boy. You guys could talk about Beowulf or something. I'll take a break. Ooh. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Listeners, if you're new to Frightened Rabbit, they may be going, well, I don't hear that. That sounded like a pretty poppy, upbeat song. Mm -hmm. First of all, hang on, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this song, Backyard Skulls. Kristen, what, what do you think about this one? It's sort of this whole song's about like juxtaposition, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. let's all try to present ourselves the best way possible while mm -hmm. lying to ourselves and everyone around us about the hypocrisy of life, right? There's like mm -hmm. all these dark themes. Mm -hmm. And then you've got this poppy drum beat and just this catchy tune at the same time. Yeah. I love that about it. I don't have a memory of Frightened Rabbit, so this was brand new to me, which was which was really interesting. I've heard of them. I've heard people talk about them for years. So I watched the video after kind of sitting with them for a little bit. And at first, the video kind of surprised me because like the band's playing High School Dance as the Frightened Rabbits, which right. I always love that. Yeah. The album is so heavy. The lyrics are so heavy. My first reaction was the video was a little too on the nose and then the janitor comes out and starts dancing mm -hmm. so that's where it changed for me there have been so many music videos of band playing a high school dance and it's almost this like snapshot of all the different personalities of high school and you're kind of feeling the angst of that when the janitor comes out and, and he starts dancing and he's like just so moved through it all mm -hmm. in that one little moment i kind of understand why this band means so much mm -hmm. to, to people mm -hmm. The juxtaposition, my favorite part of that is the poppiness and the mm -hmm. you know dark secrets, the harmony on Not Deep Enough to Never Be Found, mm -hmm. which is like the dark punchline. Right. All these secrets buried down, backyard skulls grinning up at us, but they're never going to be deep enough to not be found. To not come out. That's right. Yeah. Not deep enough to never be And yeah. they harmonize that so I know, it's and so poppy. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even the part where, I don't know if it's the bridge of the song or not, I don't have all the terminology right, but that like echoey, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know the part of the chorus, mm -hmm. but where they're singing, there's like an echo in the background, like it's like a softness, mm -hmm. that part too. I love that little drum fill that comes back in. Mm -hmm, me too. And then you're like, yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is dark. It's so dark. They have a way of singing about something where you can't listen to a Frightened Rabbit album 
and only point your finger at other people. Mm. Oh, absolutely not. Well, because Scott's not. Scott Hutchinson. He's pointing a finger at himself the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. He sings about the hypocrisy of the church, of society that makes you go, yeah, this is an anthem. And then the next minute you go, oh, yeah, I've got backyard skulls. (laughs) That's right. I went through, it wasn't right when this album came out, but I started having panic attacks. Mm. I'd never experienced that before. And it was really like a scary time. And I listened to this song so much Mm. in that time Mm. period because I felt like, man, I'm not alone in Mm -hmm. trying to dig through like kind of the shit of my life, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. figuring out it's all going to come to the surface. Mm -hmm. So, Do you think, Kristen, that's why, or that kind of nails why people connect so deeply? Because there's a mode of music out there. There's self-deprecating music out there. But there seems to be something where you almost can share pain or doubt or anxiety or depression with Scott because of the way that he lays it out. I agree. You know how poetry oftentimes allows you to feel more than than is really on the paper? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. how the words come together. It's how the spacing plays out. I feel like the way that Scott shared what he was thinking, the sum of the whole was bigger than all the parts. Mm-hmm. So much of it was like, just, I'm flawed, you're flawed, we're all flawed. But now like, hey, there's still hope. <laughs> No, it doesn't make sense why it works so well and why it's so good and why it's not too dark and why it can still be an anthem. It's almost just reflective of life itself, that it's both. That's really well said. And and it's making me think about other artists who, quote unquote, go dark, who can do that, who can dig into those Mm -hmm. things. A band like Nine Inch Nails that I feel like goes really Mm. despairing but I don't see any hope. And I'm not a huge Nine Inch Nails guy. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like there's a, a way to have hope the way that Scott Hutchinson puts hope in there. Even if you go back to another album, but even the line of like, I think it's floating in the fourth, but I think I'll save suicide for another day. You know, that that reality comes and goes from people's lives. But like at the same time, you just want to like cheer him on when he's saying mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I've never been suicidal, but just the idea of accessing some of those dark, complicated emotions with ourselves, like not to just hide, don't try to conceal them. I think that's something that he gave us permission to do. That's it. I think it's that permission. And you believe him because he's struggling through in a way that almost can put voice to some of the the voices Mm -hmm. that you might even be afraid to listen to or to acknowledge. It's that permission. That's really good. Okay. We could probably just talk on and on, but let's, (laughs) let's play another song. The theme will be the same, but uh, let's let's play some more music in between. So we're going to do track five, Late March, Death March. There's a funeral in your eye 
your side Staggering sermons never walk There's no reproach For me let touch paper Both got stubborn marrow and bastard bones Should we just get home? Sleep this off Throw some sorries and then Do it all Man, I'm curious, what was your impression of this one? Kristen talked about the juxtaposition of it, and it, it continues here, too, where you've got this toe-tapping, snapping-your-fingers rhythm and catchy chorus. It's one of those songs you could just could find yourself driving down like a, a back road, window down, singing along to it. Then you start thinking about the lyrics and mm-hmm. heavy stuff. As I mentioned, like I'm new to Frightened Rabbit. I'm new to the whole story, whether it's songs on this album or other songs that kind of came up in the research. There's so many references to death <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and you're like, there's so many signs in all these songs, what he was going through. Well, let's talk about that. Scott, 2018, took his own life. And like you said, Matt, you saw a lot of signs, especially Chris and I think we can acknowledge in Painting of a Panic Attack. Matt, when you listen to those songs, it gets even more into death and maybe some of the struggle. There's a great podcast by Hanif Adurkeep, and he does a recap of Scott Hutchinson and has guests on, artists who know him, and he had interviewed him over the years. And he recalls interviewing him the first time. And as someone who, as he expressed, has gone through a lot of depression and anxiety, he had that connection with Scott. And he said his first interview of him, Mm -hmm. he's just pouring out all these questions about the sadness, so much so that Scott said, wow, you seem like a sad fella. And he realized (laughs) just because somebody writes sad songs doesn't mean that they are sad all the time, that they are writing songs. That's right. By all accounts, people are like, he was joyful, he Mm -hmm. was hilarious, very gracious and generous, but it's hard when you hear the albums. Mm -hmm. I'll just say, knowing the history, when I heard he was missing, that felt like a little hopeless at that point. Yeah, it did. I was brokenhearted. Yeah. It's wild. I've never felt like that about like a quote unquote celebrity before or someone I really just did not know. Well, first of all, I felt so sad that he felt so alone, you know, or like that was Mm -hmm. his only option at that point. And, you know, depression is, it's tricky in that in so many ways. And, but honestly, I also just selfishly felt a loss that I wouldn't get to hear his voice anymore in Mm -hmm. a new way. Because I loved just the way he talked about things. There was always like a wittiness, even in the darkness. You know, there was always a little bit of like a tongue in cheek. I think that's where we can see some of his real personality, even though the subject matter is dark, which a lot of it is, but that was just, that's just the reality of life, you know, but he would look at it with humor or look at it with, huh, well, you know what, I'm going to push on for now. You know, Mm -hmm. that kind of vibe. But anyway, I literally, like, the day I found out, I got in my car. It was sunny. And I put all the windows down and I just blasted their music and drove on the parkway and just, Mm -hmm. like, sobbed. I even stopped and just had to, like, look at the river and just, like, cried and cried and cried. Mm -hmm. When there's a voice you connect to so much and it's just over it's the loss of like the potential. It's the loss of, because he'd shared so much of himself. And so honestly, you know, knowing that 
that he ultimately lost hope in that moment. That was really tough. Yeah. How about you, Matt? I think that you expressed it well. The loss of a voice, but like you said, there's that connection. And not just the connection in a one way, because if you just listen and you go, you get me, that feels a little selfish, but you can do that, Mm -hmm. but also empathize and care about someone. I think that's what a lot of people felt was just a deep care, knowing he'd been so loved and cared for. And people were so aware. I think that made it so hard too, is that, oh my gosh, his family Mm -hmm. and friends have known and still it came to this. There are a lot of people that you think, man, I wish they could have gotten help. He had a lot of help. So it makes you just sad for someone. Mm-hmm. And he was so open about it right? in his song. So we connected mm-hmm. to it, but also it's like, oh no. That's what I mean by it's hard to separate the artist from their work. Because in that moment, it's hard yep. not to think every song was about your sadness when certainly it couldn't have been. Right. Yeah. But even this album, yeah. you know, this was right the first album where everyone really contributed on the songwriting more, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not just mm-hmm. his story, but it's a bunch of stories about, you know, the highs and lows of life. We all walk through these different moments, and why not just acknowledge it instead of trying to bury it and put on some kind of facade? That's it. What people really connect to is like, I'm not going to put up with the facade. We all connect Mm -hmm. when we're like 13, and my middle child's going through that age where you just look around and you're like, this is fake, or why are we pretending when I feel this sad or or something? Mm -hmm. You kind of go through that, and then you kind of come out of it. But then when you're an adult, young adult, older adult, it's still there. There's still that feeling of a facade or Mm -hmm. pretending or putting on a mask. And so when someone can come along and just say, I'm going to sing about this, but not in a disconnected way where I'm pointing a finger at society and being like, you're all hypocrites, you know, but to go, (laughs) I refuse to play a part in this, but also like, I'm not angry about it. I'm just sad. Mm -hmm. That's a good point because you think about songs throughout the years that are kind of like, oh, we're going to pull the curtain back on hypocrisy Mm -hmm. and they typically tend to be in that haha we caught you and pointing the finger at you kind of theme versus these that are just as guilty i'm right there with you i love the line in this song where he says my bridge is burned and perhaps we'll surely learn that it was arson all along oh gosh wow (laughs) i love that it's like damn it i did this to myself that's just like one line where you read that you go how on earth did you write that Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next, we're going to track nine, State Hospital. Kristen, do you want to start at the beginning, or is there any section of this one? Oh, I love at the end where the drums come in, and it's you basically just hear the sticks. Do you know that mm-hmm. part of the song? Mm-hmm. It's like the crescendo comes right then. God, I love that mm-hmm. part. They know how to 
connect emotionally with their audience through the building of the music. Mm-hmm. Combining yeah, all their voices yeah. and all of that part just makes you like all in. When that part comes, I am like 100% connected. And I know you've seen them live, right? Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual experience. For me, the first time we went, it was not good. It was the end of the tour. They were playing two shows. They were playing an early show for us dads. And then they were playing a late show, same night. And they came out, and Scott and his brother, who's the drummer, were visibly pissed and arguing with each other. Everybody was really uncomfortable. Mm. Oh, wow. But it was the kind of show where we walked out and you know, went and got a beer afterwards, and we kind of sat there, and we were like, that wasn't that great. You know, It just seemed off, that's all. It just <laughs> seemed off. And so I was really bummed. Yeah. And then I went and saw them with Doug a few years later, and it was how it should be. It was endearing, it was warm, relaxed, mm. and connecting. Well, it sounds like the energy couldn't have been right if they had all that tension between them. There's nothing like tension between siblings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you can't really hide it. Kristen, where did you see them? And then what was that like for you? The 930 Club, the new 930 Club in mm-hmm. D.C. for the painting of a panic attack. I had to stop myself from just like crying, seriously. And again, I have a real emotional connection to their music, but it was so good. And God, I love watching Grant drum. He's like an animal from the Muppets or something. You know what I mean? Like it is like all in and every bit of him is into the music. I, God, it was so great. And then I got to go to the Black Cat to see the Midnight Organ fight, the anniversary show when they played that album. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. I feel like people don't go to that show if they aren't connected already. You don't just be like, hey, I think I'll just check out this random band. For the subject material as heavy as it can be, I really think that they got so much joy out of how the audience played back with them. You go to some shows and people are just talking, not really paying attention. They're just kind of like, oh, I'm just here because it was something to do. At both of the shows I went to, everyone was engaged. I don't think I've ever been to a band touring on an album like you two did Joshua Tree mm-hmm. a few years ago. Did you go to that, Matt? I did see that tour in Kansas City. I mean, people write albums for the whole package, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. like the whole thing is a piece of art. To hear it differently in that way, it's more meaningful. Like, I remember doing that with Kendrick Lamar's Damn when Damn came out. And mm-hmm. I, you know, just heard a couple songs and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pause. I'm going to just make sure I listen to the whole thing at once. And mm-hmm. that's how these things are meant to be. You get the whole picture when you hear the whole album together. So there's something really unique about that. I think the first time I recognized that was Marvin Gaye, What's Going On. Mm. I knew what's going on. I knew You Mercy Me and all that. But then I played the whole album through and I was like, oh my gosh, this is meant to be listened to from start to finish. Matt, you and I have talked about it more recently. Saw Marcus Mumford and he played his solo album in order. So he came out and did a couple Mumford & Son songs first. Then he did his new solo album, and then he closed with the new Basement Tapes songs and maybe one other Mumford & Son song. The difference between those two were pretty stark, right? Because you've got the Joshua Tree Tour was this you know, 30th anniversary or whatever. Everyone knows every song on that album from start to finish. If it's a new solo album that's not been out that long, a third of the people love the new album mm-hmm. and want to hear just that. A third of them, they're okay hearing it, but they're not in love with it. Then there's a third that just are there to hear Mumford & Son songs and are woefully disappointed. <laughs> but it's a brave thing to do. And Marcus Mumford even made a comment in that concert. He said, if you're tired of this, you know, we've only got a couple of songs left on the album. Neil Young once did an album from start to finish 
And you know, as he was getting close to end, people started chanting, you know, play something we know. So then he finishes the show, walks off stage, comes back out for like an encore and then plays the whole album from start to finish again. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that's so, he's, that's so dope, but I'm not that brave to do that. Right. Before we move on, we didn't get a lot into the lyrics of the song, but it is mm-hmm. heartbreaking, deeply sad and beautiful. Similar to Matt, we did Shania and we talked about how she could sing a song about domestic abuse, knowing that you've released, you know, 50 million albums, that there's someone somewhere who heard that song and it could change their life. I think about that about Goodbye Earl by the Chicks. I mean, that's a fun song, mm, but yeah. if someone is stuck in a situation, there are songs out there that are catalysts. They're a trigger, you know? It's kind of funny because I always thought originally that it said her heart beats like a baseball thrown down the stairs. Mm. But then when I like went through the lyrics again and I was like, breeze block? What the heck's a breeze block? Yeah. Right. I didn't even know what that was. So then I had to look that up and I was like, well, this changes things. A baseball thrown down the stairs is like thunk, thunk, <laughs> thunk, 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 you know? And yeah. then this mm-hmm. thing, it's like crashing and okay. it's square, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's like, yeah. it just was a whole different thing where I was like, shoot part of me wanted it just to be like she's not giving up she's tough Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. but then in that also hanging on is like to me heart beating like a breeze block is is almost that whole same thing of like panic driven heartbeat and i just thought oh Mm -hmm. damn like this is i want it to be an anthem (laughs) right (laughs) because the music is so good yeah just that whole moment of like all of this is struggle all of it even the description of the heartbeat is struggle so much of this yeah. talk is so dark. I want to talk some right. happiness about this because even though it is dark, God, it's so good. You know, I want to make sure we like yeah. we yeah. get to yeah. where it's not just like, well, this is the most depressing epipod ever <laughs> in right. the history yeah. of music. I appreciate that because as the frightened rabbit newbie, like my quick generalization is it's just also bleak and dark because I just haven't sat with it for as long. And so I definitely appreciate any sort of the the light and, and the mm-hmm. brightness that is, is built within this. I think it's also remembering that like there is some tongue in cheek, even the line yeah, of like, exactly. I'm dying to tell you I'm dying here. Yeah, You know, right, like right. that is so clever. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You can't not feel good, even though you're going, ooh, this is hard. But it's also like, God, you're funny too. Yeah. And I think this next song captures a little bit more of that hope and imagery that's not just talking about a breeze block. This is the oil slick. It's muse. I took a walk with all my brightest 
I love the, how there's the background vocals on this where they're kind of ooing and aahing together in the background. That adds mm-hmm. some kind of warmth to the song, I think. But the line about, you know, there's hope, there's a tunnel to crawl through. Just that whole like, hey, there's a tunnel, but you're going to have to slog on at times. But there's hope ahead. Carry on in a way, too, that is like just... I mean, this song always leaves me feeling good. Every time I hear mm-hmm. this song, I and I love this song. This is like on a heavy rotation for me with like any playlist I make. This song always ends up on it. There is ultimately that feeling of there's light ahead. That's so key to empathize with someone. There has to be the recognition of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Too often people skip mm-hmm. to the light. I'll never forget. I went through a really tough final breakup it was like the end of the end and one friend was just like sort of the you're better off <laughs> like there's other fish to the sea like, all <laughs> yeah it did not help and it just felt like you don't get it and then i called an old friend and he just said man i'm so sorry that really sucks and just paused <laughs> yeah it felt like he sat down with me yeah. and i didn't mm-hmm. need to be mm-hmm. moving on i couldn't you know, I just needed someone to be yeah. in that moment and to recognize it. Scott refuses to like leave the facade, but he's also not just like, oh, life sucks, life sucks, life sucks. It's like, it's going to be hard, mm-hmm. but there's hope. Yeah. Acknowledgement sometimes is just so key for someone. Absolutely. I think maybe that's sort of where Frightened Rabbit really connected so much is it gets easy for us to want to say like certain emotions or experiences are are bad or negative instead of just letting them be, letting them exist as part of the human experience. And I think they touch on all of it and all of it is open and all of it is real and all of it's okay. You know, instead of just trying to do like you said, like just get to the the good, but not having to go through the real. I do have something I want, I thought of that I haven't said yet that I wanted to say was... I kind of went through a period of my life for years where I like tried to shut off my emotions and just like push them down, push them down, push them down all the time. And I think that's one reason I connected so much with this was starting to open up and realize like how by like limiting what I perceived as negative emotions, especially I lost really experiencing all of them. So like Mm -hmm. when we try to stifle our authenticity, we don't feel everything fully. And that that's what I think Frightened Rabbit's music helped me to do was to, for good or bad, or whether even label it good or bad, just for like what it is, to let it be. Oh, gosh. This is like a counseling session. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that, Kristen, just the idea of if you steal yourself against the negative emotions, that's not a switch you could turn on and off. You're stealing yourself right. against all yeah. emotions. I lived there for a long time. I'm so glad that I don't anymore. Yeah. This is why we do this podcast. It's not just because we like music objectively. It means something. So to look at an album and say, that actually played a part in me becoming more of myself, Mm -hmm. more free from the facade. Right. That's exactly right. Let's be clear. We also do this podcast for all the money. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Money and fame. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and go to a commercial. Thanks to our sponsor, (laughs) Vaping. (laughs) Vaping stores. Vape drugs. Now we've got a challenge, and that is that each week we try and say, if you had to remove a song, mm-hmm. which one would it be? So, you know what? I thought about this really hard, and I listened mm-hmm. through the whole album again like twice to try to pick. And the one that mm-hmm. I would remove is actually what was their biggest hit off this album, which was The Woodpile. Pile. 
controversial. This is controversial, and I know it is. And it's because I think this one could go away and the album would still stay the same. Mm. If you take this out, you keep the balance of some of the more upbeat fun and some of the themes are still repeated on other songs. You know, the relationships, the loneliness, Mm -hmm. the, you know, wanting connection. That's a big part of the woodpile. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's also kind of the most mainstream of the songs on the album. And so if you take away some of the other ones, you lose a little bit of more of that complexity. So that's why I would take the woodpile off. I would say that the most mainstream sounding is Backyard Skulls. Okay. But thematically and lyrically, it's not. But I can't argue with you because you got a strong argument. That's good logic. What would you take off? At the end of the day, I landed on housing. And I really like it. I think it's a nice break in the album. Would you take both out then? The housing in and out? Like put them together? No, just the in. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cheating if I did that. I like Mm -hmm. it as a break. It comes after December's Traditions, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful but dark. But yeah, there's no good answer. (laughs) So that's the one. Okay. (laughs) I'll allow it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I love I'll allow it. That's like... One of us. All right, hold on. We got to talk about something. Kristen is the captain of the Trader Joe's in Williamsburg. Nice. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she is a woman of authority. There you go. And power. <laughs> so when she says things like "I'll allow it," yeah, that's coming from a, a true. That's what I want to know. Place. Kristen, is that your term? Is that what you throw around the store? Do you know that I love to say that normally with absolute, just poking fun at the fact that we would all have power to allow anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes, I walk around saying that regularly. That's so funny. <laughs> we know you're a captain, so you can't like divulge a lot. So I'll keep it light. I just want to know, what are the things that people just go nuts over? I'm talking mm. 80s moms, cabbage patch. There are a few things. Mm-hmm. Number one is this thing called Jingle Jangle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He loves it. Matt knows it. I know it. It's a sweet and salty jumble of treats. Chocolate-covered everything. People love their Jingle Jangle. We buy multiple selections That's a huge one, for Uh sure. Check. Some of the things have faded, you know, like, but some of the TikTok things right now that are exciting are some of the health and beauty products. Like Mm. there's a gummy bear lip duo that's like a overnight lip mask and a lip gloss. That's a good stocking stuffer if you're looking for something for your girls, guys. All right. It's a good thing my kids don't listen to this podcast ever, so they won't know. (laughs) We were big for a while. Maybe Trader Joe's still has them, but they were like the uh, white chocolate pumpkin covered coffee beans. Oh, yeah. Those were new this year. Oh, man. Yeah. Could not buy enough of those. There's just so many good things. It's hard to choose. Yeah. You know, you work at like Cinnabon and you're like, I never want to see a Cinnabon again, you know. <laughs> Trader Joe's, I feel like yeah. you would never get tired of the stuff. It's so freaking yeah, good. So we don't, which is wild. We're all so excited when anything new comes. It's like maybe yeah. even more than the customers. There you go. Trader Joe's is kind of known for hiring happy people, yeah. good people. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot up to you. It is. And so my question is, why did you hire Seth? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> obligation yeah Just kidding. <laughs> yeah that's right no i needed someone who uh 
Seth is very steady. Mm, yeah. Even keeled. Holds his cards kind of close, which is great in a lot of situations. So yeah. anyway. Listeners, if you want to hear Steady Seth, you can listen to our The National Epipod. Right. He was one of our first guests. He mm-hmm. was. He was. Matt, have you told Kristen that the whole reason she's on here is that we're trying to get angle for that Trader Joe's sponsorship. That's right. Thank you to our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even Trader Joe's. It's Captain Kristen. <laughs> Brought to you by the Williamsburg Trader Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It does yeah. seem like a fun place to work, though. Yeah, yeah we, we have a good time. That's awesome. Now, listeners, it's time for your senior quote. Did you have a senior quote? Did y'all do that? You know, I don't even remember if I did. I feel yeah. like I probably didn't. I don't know. I like put probably too much thought into this senior quote thing. Because I was like, <laughs> man, it's going to be like written down under my mm-hmm. picture. <laughs> I mean, this kind of is like the senior quote. I mean, like this is, this yeah. is so I don't know posterity. If I, that's right. I don't yeah. know if I did it right, but I did pick one. Okay. It's from, housing, it's from Housing Out. Okay. I've been taken again. Kidnapped before dawn, stolen by these songs. Oh, damn them all. Oh, that's good. That is good. For me, I was like, man, you do get stolen by songs. I just loved that. Because even then, even in high school, it was like words. I've always Mm -hmm. had such an affinity for words and for their power. And that's Mm -hmm. what this quote is to me. That's a good one. All right, Matt, what about you? A lot of times with these senior quotes, I try to find one that would be the exact opposite of how I really was in high school. Uh I kind of struggled with this one, to be honest, but it's actually the first two lines of the whole album. Oh gosh, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Because because you got to say them. If you picked it, you got to say them. That was 100% not me in high school. Again, I'm I'm trying to have a little bit of tongue-in-cheekiness and cleverness with this album since he was able to do that. So from Axe of Man, it would be, I'm that kid in the kitchen giving wine to your best girl's glass. So that 100% was not me. Oh, sure my gosh, it was a part dude. of me. It wasn't me then. It's not me now. But I, mm. I, no, we know that yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, Matt, what's yours? I like going the mysterious route. Yeah. I would have from Backyard Skulls all our secrets are smothered in dirt underneath paving stones, lying, waiting to be yes. told. Everybody's wondering, oh, what did he know? Oh, my gosh. What did he do? <laughs> yeah, or... All right. And finally, we got to see if there are any sleepers on this album. Wait, They fly under the radar. They're not going to be on greatest hits. Yeah, they're not going to be on your, the essentials. Kristen, what is your sleeper? My sleeper is December's Traditions. It's not the For me, personally, this is a sleeper because it is really raw. It's also really powerful. The music of it is very powerful. It's kind of like makes you want to fight a little bit. Do you feel mm-hmm. that from the song mm-hmm. at all? There's definitely more of an angst with this one. Mm-hmm. The line in so-called no, living room. I love that line. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love God, that line. Cuts. Yeah. It's like she was born in the grave. You hear it and you go, how come nobody's written that before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Very right. simple, but just yeah. brilliant. Yep. Yeah, that cuts hard. Kristen, I have been looking forward to this for three years since we started this podcast. 
thank you so much. You are yes. such a good guest and such a dear friend. And so it meant a lot to do this album. With you. It means a lot to me too. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really fun to listen to y'all and your takes on things and just to kind of dive deep into life and doing mm-hmm. it together. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for picking this album because this, again, is probably one I wouldn't have listened to on my own had it not been for this. So I've, I've enjoyed it and it's been great to finally talk with you after all these years. Keep engaging with us on social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter at Finest Work Songs. You can check us out on Facebook or go to our website, finestworksongs.com. And as always, send us those emails, finestworksongs at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe we'll read one of your emails in a future Kenny Gmail. All right, this has been an album of darkness, but also of hope. And so we're going to end the album the way that Scott Hutchinson and the boys ended it, which is that hope we alluded to in the oil slick. We'll see y'all next time.